It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Sooner Scoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Go check them out, midfirst.com slash U40. That's u 40 and apply for the OU Rewards credit card. Well, welcome back, everybody. OU Texas is over with. Uh, we've had the post game, and now we're back. The whole crew, Josh, Eddie, Bob, and myself, Gary Murdoch, uh, here with you to talk about the upcoming game versus West Virginia, which kind of got a little bit of a, uh, kind of has a little bit of a dud feeling to it now that uh, now that Austin Kendall appears to be out for this one. Have we heard official word yet? Not yet from West Virginia. Not yet. I think. Uh... Neil Brown said yesterday something to the effect of that he's not going to play him if he's not 100%, which if that's truly the case... Then he's not playing. He's not going to play. I don't think that you leave a game and then five days later you... Don't play in the second half, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say that he probably doesn't play in... Jack Allison, is that the guy's name? Right, yeah. The quarterback, backup quarterback for West Virginia? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. As long as OU makes him look like it. And now no Kyle Kyle Kempt again. That is true. That is true. I think uh, I think this defense might be a little bit better than the one <laughs> Kyle Kemp saw. What do you say, Josh? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't get to weigh in on this. I'm sorry to all the dedicated listeners out there was enjoying Tiffany's birthday on Saturday. So trying to make up the fact I ignored her all uh, Saturday morning. But um, – no, it, the defense looked – I mean, that, that was the test we were all looking to see them pass, and I thought 27 was fairly flattering to Texas. I, thought I know, Oklahoma right? I thought did a better job than that. Yeah, that's one of those where Texas scored the late touchdown against LSU, now they did it against OU, and just changes the narrative of what people actually watched. Well, we talked about it on the postgame podcast, but an investigation, if it hasn't already been opened, it needs to be opened into uh, that douchebag Mike DeFee. He screwed, he screwed the over for, or not the over, but the cover for OU. I, Eddie, I mean, well, the over we was like worried that you had money riding? No, thankfully I didn't, but I would have been pissed if I did. I think the over was like 74 in that <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, he never had a chance to get to the over. Yeah. <laughs> when it's 10-3 to three at halftime, it's like, ah, I don't <laughs> think this thing's going to get there. But it actually almost did. Uh, 34-27, I mean, that's 61, right? Needed a yeah. couple more touchdowns. You know most people tore up those tickets at halftime, though. Oh, I would imagine so. When it's when it's thirteen total, you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh god. So yeah, I mean, I thought uh, Mike DeFee kind of got. Uh, I would say he got a heavy burn by Jalen Hurts this week, and Creed and Creed Humphrey, and Creed Humphrey as well. Yep. Uh, here is uh, Jalen Hurts. I thought this was pretty funny from Monday in the in the uh, 
post-game press conference, he was asked about uh, Barry Tram. I'll just I'll play the question for you, but this was a funny exchange. Surprised were you out there at midfield for the coin toss to hear Mike Defee, the referee, be so stern and strict and talk about the history of the game and also tell everybody to knock off all the all the extracurriculars. You telling me stuff I didn't know. What you talking about? At midfield at the coin flip when these I don't think I was listening to the coin. You were right there by you were right. I wasn't. I think they're heavy sales, huh? He's gonna be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the whole stadium hurt. I didn't. Do you usually not listen to the referee? Have my mind on other things. I was in my element. Here's, here's what Creed said. I didn't really hear it. I was standing right by him, and I couldn't really hear him either. It was pretty loud in there. I was just focusing on picking the right thing, whether it was heads or tails. Maybe if Mike DeFee had been less concerned about, about turning his mic on and actually leaning in to talk to the players he was actually supposed to be talking to, they would have heard him. Pretty on brand for uh, Tram to uh, write in the Oklahoma that Mike DeFee was exactly what the OU Texas game needed. Did he? I yes. didn't see it. Oh, extremely on brand. He they needed a voice of reason. It's like, eh, I think both teams should have fought the guy. Yeah, it's everybody when both teams get a penalty and that's reason. Let's face it, everybody talks about Mike DeFee's arms. That's all he does. He goes in and benches. Yeah, what's bigger? He his- has no stamina whatsoever. He would not last five minutes. Well, that's mostly because he's an old, but What's bigger, his arms or his ego? His ego, you know, strangely enough. What a loser. It was it was bizarre. It's still bizarre. It will always be bizarre. It it has stained Mike DeFee as a megalomaniac from here to eternity. Yes. Yeah, he he acted like a douchebag in front of 100,000 people on Saturday. And Lincoln took the high road. Or I guess 99,000 999 because Barry Trammell was the only one that appreciated it. Lincoln took the high road, which I really wish he wouldn't have done. <laughs> well, at least the Big 12 sent out a reprimand today to Kirby Hokut. Kirby got 25,000. What did he do? About the Oh, the snap, the Baylor snap. snap. Yeah. yeah. That was a bullshit call. Well, yeah, it was awful. I mean, the guy snapped it into his leg. It was terrible. There was no illegal snap. The Big 12 is like the kid that never gets held responsible for anything. But then his parents are rich enough to get everybody else in trouble. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense. Everybody knew that kid. I guess so. Maybe not in Duncan, but... No, we had him in Duncan. Trust me. Let's see. I, everybody has him then. <laughs> I think I ran with Guys, one the most thing of the time. That, no, he needs to be in your group for the sure. Thing that's, <laughs> the thing that stood out to me about Somebody this whole deal... Beer. Was it... Was it me or was it Jalen Hurts? Was it, God, dog, you two, shut up. (laughs) God. Well, sometimes we have conversations Uh, that are just, you just go. I mean, you just ignore us. Power power through, Josh. Come on. Bob, I'm living your life. I'm sorry. I think what Uh, happened there was Josh got enraged because Eddie and I both admitted that we had friends' parents who bought us beer, and he didn't. I don't think Going I had any friends that parents is, that bought us, bought us beer. You didn't? I don't think so. Oh, you didn't live in Edmond, that's right. No, I didn't grow up in 1980. My, my <laughs> best buddy <laughs> my best buddy had a really bad fake ID that consistently worked. He, 
At literally at one point, he bought beer in front of our high school principal, like, <laughs> and it was a really, like, he, he was he was trying not to make eye contact. It was a whole, it was a bad deal. It was a reverse so, McLovin um, situation. Like, yes, his idea like, was very good. It really, yes, um, it it was it was weird. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is what I thought was weird and what I thought was telling is Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, I won't say Jalen Hurts was talkative but in the post game and even with barry's comments like i would have thought when barry asked that question jalen would have said oh uh, and then immediately went into i was focused on other things like he wouldn't have gone like what are you talking about like i didn't know anything about that like that's true for him that was almost bubbly like so was texas the hurdle he was waiting to climb like he's just felt different ever since that game no it did feel like it was probably the best jalen hurts interview session that we've had on Monday. I mean, he did seem a little bit more spirited. And, you know, Carrie and I were talking uh, before we started, but it, it's kind of gone largely untalked about and unnoticed that the guy had a bandage around it, wrapped around his hand on, on Monday. Well, here was, I'll play it for you. Here was kind of my question to him about the, the wraparound play. And he seemed to be like, he went, he actually commented on that on social media, which uh, it was ESPN's tweet. And you never see stuff like that out of him. But here was Jalen kind of admitted that he got hurt during that game. Jalen, I saw that you responded to ESPN's tweet about your, your behind-the-back play. Is that when that happens? Is that like an out-of-body experience, or did you? Is that born from something that you just kind of mess around with all the time? Well, I was definitely in my body. Um, I mean, it just kind of happened, and you know, early in the game, I kind of kind of jammed up and. My, my, my whole hands kind of swelled up, so I wasn't really able to grip the ball like I wanted to. wasn't able to control the ball like I wanted to. Um, but I think, honestly, I was just trying to reach away from him. And, like, it's, it's bad, horrible ball security. Ticked off, I fumbled. Um, but kind of just switched it to my left hand and made a play. CD made a play. And you know it's funny. I've been kind of cutting up uh, photos, and I think it was the fumble. The word that's what I was hurt. telling Eddie. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was like like he said, jammed up, like his yeah. hand went into the ground or something. But I was looking at these photos, and you could see his right hand. I was telling Eddie this; it had like a bubble on the palm, like something happened, and like some kind of fluid built up in the in the palm of his hand. I think, but it was weird, like strange. Very odd. And he played the whole game like I mean that fumble happened early. Yeah, it was the first quarter. Early first quarter. Second possession, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, that that's strange. And then he had it heavily bandaged when he came to the podium on Monday. I didn't even notice it. I didn't even notice it after the game. I didn't notice it uh on Monday. Like until you put the tweet out. I it completely didn't even I don't think anybody did. I wasn't trying to make him look like Bigfoot. In that tweet, it just happened to be like he was walking that way. Like the ever, here's the ever elusive hurt Jalen Hurts. What if he just would have looked at you and just gave you the finger? <laughs> no picks. I still would have taken the pick. <laughs> and then I really would have had something to tweet out. <laughs> Jalen Hurts just told me to go to hell. So, look, I think this is what West Virginia is for me. And you guys tell me if it's the same for you. This is their chance to prove 
that they can have a dominant defense this year. Yeah, I I would say that's probably accurate. I mean, I I think that everything that Lincoln Riley said on Monday, I think that Alex Grinch backed it up in a way Monday night was just the fact that it's really easy to get up and play very well for your uh, rival and, you know, go down to Dallas and everything that comes with the Cotton Bowl. But it's another thing to come back and do it against what is likely going to be a backup quarterback against a team that's not very good. I Like a, a national championship contender, in my eyes, would come in and win you know, I name the score like fifty six nine on Saturday, maybe fifty six three. You're saying if OU is a national championship, yeah, they come in and they win. But I, I also think that even though you know it's interesting, the next, you know, I guess they're halfway through the schedule. The next six games, it's, it's really crazy. I was looking at the uh, parking uh, tickets for uh, home games yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just had them out on a counter for some reason, and uh, I only have three home games left. I know. I, is yeah. that not insane? This is week but, seven. They have six games left. I think it's very important over the next three, even though they're going to be favored by, you know, three touchdowns in probably every game, that it's very important that they go take care of business and do it in a, what I would call an impressive manner. I know that style points don't mean shit these days, but like it's, I think it's very important that the offensive line grows over the next three weeks, uh, getting to play together for what will be the only the third time on uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday. Well, so, and Bob, you guys talked to Ely and Swinson yesterday. Did you get the feeling that they're good to go from here on out? Yes. You know, I mean, obviously things can change when you start playing. Yeah. But they meant like they had no issues on Monday and Tuesday. They feel exactly where they're, they need to be. Bill Biedenboe alluded to the fact that he feels for the first time in a while his entire unit is healthy. So, yeah. They're, they will be ready. Even uh, Beatenbo said something to the effect of, we're all healthy now, uh, making it almost seem like kind of put put to rest all the question marks around the tackle position. But, I mean, we can go back to Saturday that I was shocked when both of those guys came out. Like, I yeah. I thought we basically could write Swinson off for at least another two weeks. Well, and, no, and Lincoln, we were both, I'm, I'm sure, kind of like, let's see if he's screwing with us. Like, let's see if they really come out fully I thought, dressed. And I then thought when they Ely came out might dressed, give it a go, but like, then when he didn't practice on Monday and Tuesday, it's like, well, I mean, maybe not. It's clear Fox didn't know because their graphics for the starting lineup had Proctor at left tackle, well, even, Robinson at right tackle. Well, at least they didn't even, announce it in the stadium. <laughs> even Swenson said when you talked to him yesterday, Bob, like, you never know if you're going to start. Like, he's like, you, the only way you know if you're going to start is if you're running with the ones, and he wasn't practicing enough during the week to know if he was running, going to be running with the ones. Yeah, and, you know, for something like Swenson, that was his actual first OU Texas game. The four, yeah. four years he's been here, finally got got a taste of it. And he, he played pretty well. You know, he had that false start to start start the game, and it almost like that relaxed him a bit. And he, he had one of his better games. And, Josh, I don't know what you consider OU's worst game of the season so far. I, I mean, I think maybe Kansas, but UCLA wasn't. I mean, UCLA was just kind of a blah game, but probably Kansas. But like, but still, OU hasn't had that. Just they got up forty-two-seven on Kansas. Other than them scoring first, you can't really call that a letdown game. Like Josh, you usually see a team like an Ohio State that's running as hot as they are, a Wisconsin that's running as hot as they are, an Oklahoma as hot as they are. Like there comes that game, just like Clemson and North Carolina, where. They just they they are not the team that you thought they were. Georgia. I just wonder, yeah, Georgia. I'm wondering who that's coming for next, Josh. 
Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right because that's the thing I think that's been maybe most impressive because, I mean, we can talk about before Texas, Oklahoma hadn't played anybody, and that's fair. But they were dominating accordingly. I mean, they were running through opponents. I mean, Houston got some late points that made that game look better than it was. Uh, Same with Kansas. You know, there were – but, I mean, Texas Tech, UCLA, South Dakota, those games were never competitive. I mean, they were over after the first quarter, really. So I I think – when you look at I mean, that's what I've always said about that Baylor game. I think that Baylor game comes at a funny spot in the schedule, and it's just an easy chance for Oklahoma to let down a little bit. But I don't – I mean, the way Baylor's going, they're not going to sneak up on Oklahoma. This isn't the game where I yeah. thought Baylor might come in at like 4-3 and three or 5-2 and two and be a good team, but nothing special. Oklahoma State has to undefeated. beat them. Oklahoma State has to beat them this weekend for Baylor to become a potential look-pass game. I locked yeah. Oklahoma State on Monday. Did you really? Yeah, I think it's going to be an. Was it three and a half? Yeah, I think it's. I was surprised that it wasn't like six or seven. I think it's going to be a, a beat down, ass beating. It, Oklahoma State is twelve and one against Baylor and Stillwater. They killed. They played really, really well on homecoming weekend for some strange reason. It just seems like they always play well on homecoming weekend up there. But it, I think it's going to be an ass throttling. Was that the uh, Oklahoma State homecoming supportive tweet? That you put out there, or I mean, I just it's anti OU homecoming. No, it's just a fact. I mean, <laughs> what it is? They, I mean, but you were just state, but it's it was just funny how people reacted. It was it was like a it was art. I mean, it really was. No, I mean, I'm bringing fan bases together. You you basically love wins. The the truth of the matter is, Oklahoma State's <laughs> homecoming is fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. It's really. If you good. haven't been up there on Friday like, night, people it's, it's that a lot of people fun. that shit on Stillwater, you've never been to Stillwater, or you weren't in college. Oh boy, I mean, I, I can't I mean, wait to read the threads on this one. <laughs> Stillwater's a fun town, man. It's a fun town. But, it's a fun town. I just don't like waking yeah, up. Yeah, I it. mean, you don't want to live there. It's uh, granted. Well, they have more stuff now. Um, anyway, but like OU's homecoming has never been a big deal. I just don't think people care. I mean, but people that, they make in, they make it a big deal. In it's one of those things where you get football guy. Is like his brain explodes because he doesn't understand like the campus culture between the two and the homecoming and stuff like that, and they're just like, we don't care about football or homecoming. We just care about we we win games here. Yeah, leave That's it up, leave it to decorate. Leave them. Leave it. <laughs> leave the decorating up to them. We'll worry about the football games. All right. Well, do you think it's all a, right, Rich? I think it's a chicken or the egg. Like you have to promote something. When you don't have that, like Oklahoma doesn't, they're need good to do at homecoming. To draw nine, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's not like about they, draw. It's a it's a student deal. It's a campus deal. It's, sure, it has yeah, nothing they to buy into it. Like, like right. students don't care about drawing ninety thousand people. They're not so OSU true. fans or OSU students were never doing it to get people to Lewis Field, what it used to be called. I mean, they they sucked, and that might be a bigger reason why it became such a big deal. I think that's probably something to the argument. People just don't care, Norman. I'm fine with that. It's not like I go down and hang out and watch the homecoming parade. I don't, give, I don't care about that. It's weird, though. Like, homecoming. I did steal We're money from the Kappas. We did steal some money. No, I don't think so. Uh, we did steal money from the Kappas because I was the uh, Fiji homecoming chair one year. Mm-hmm. And instead of uh, using the money to buy t shirts, we went and just bought a bunch of beer. Not shocking. That, and that really, that's going to blow everybody away. I think that ruins some twist. relations with uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma for maybe a semester or so. But that's the thing. Like, when, uh... 
when you're young, you think homecoming's like a, a something that's you know. I think it's bigger in high school. Yeah, like it's a it's a big deal when you're younger. But then when you get older, you're just like, yeah, that was a thing. I mean, it's homecoming in Norman this week. Anybody care? No, because no. Jalen Hurts isn't up for homecoming king. That is true. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, Did you ever get a response? Honestly, I think it's a goddamn disgrace. <laughs> the quarterback should be up How's for homecoming the campaign king. Going. Uh, it's going. It's going right now. Okay. As much as Jalen, you know, suggested that you could start his campaign, I don't really think that Jalen's going to be all too helpful. Like he's not going to be standing out anywhere asking people to vote for him. Well, you got to wonder if he's all in with OU. <laughs> <laughs> if he's Is not he willing to campaign, pen? yeah, a mum. I guess oh, that's, that's what I should do. I should just bring a big ass mum to him. <laughs> I made it for you, man. <laughs> Me and James been working on it. You gonna do like promotional pictures down in the South Oval? <laughs> Should <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty hilarious. I will pay for the mums if you'll go down there and take some. I pictures. don't know if you want to say that. Like I, some of those Texas ones that I've seen, Ridiculous. I bet those have to cost. Oh, Josh is gonna have to already start saving up for Laney and Layla. I mean, they're gonna be getting. No, do they not do that anymore? Oh no, they do. It's unbelievable. Like you walk into the stores and they're the and I, I the I mom mean, when store. We first lived down yeah, here. Yeah, where do you buy them? At? Yeah, I was just like, a flower. I mean, like we in Duncan, we just went to the flower shops and they would they would order mums. You guys do this? Oh yeah, really? They would order mums for that time. I guess of the year. we just they were massive. But oh, I, Carrie, they're like drapes. Like it's unbelievable. I can't imagine how big and I the mean, mom, big mum and how far it's come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, and especially it's Texas high school, so like everything's just wildly out of whack so they are like i said the first time i saw them and i mean they sell them at flower shops they sell them in the grocery stores they sell them everywhere and they are like always kind of almost like you can't just buy the normal one you have to have it personalized for little layla or little laney like it's got to be a whole thing and it's it's gonna cost me what probably almost what I pay for Layla in like childcare for a week. <laughs> like it's unbelievable. So wait, the I thought the boyfriends buy the mums. The parents buy the mums. No, this is not like I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Oklahoma, where it sort of makes sense and it's not crazy. It's just kind of funny. Here, it's like a damn business. Like it, it's, <laughs> I mean, homecoming is stupidly crazy here. It's unbelievable. I, I can't. That's why every time I'm in a game thread, like at a game, I'm like, oh, shit, it's homecoming. Like, and everybody that's from Texas laughs because they know it's like a 45-minute halftime. Yeah. Mom and dad have their own moms. Like, it's it's just nuts. The whole thing's crazy. You already have to battle the, the bands at both schools when you go to a Texas oh. high school game. I mean, I, aren't halftimes already like 45 minutes? And they make them longer. They're 30, yeah. 30, well, 30 minutes. That's 30 the other minutes. thing. Like, if you have a kid in band, you're, you might as well be just paying for private school. Because that shit's expensive, too. Well, you don't probably have to pay for... You probably don't have to pay for hanging out with any friends or anything, so... My nephew is in a band, and he's got plenty of friends. Okay, well... That, there's, <laughs> Hi, Carrie's nephew. <laughs> every, every squirrel finds a nut. He's got a girlfriend, too. All right, well, good, 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 good. Is she also good. in the band? I don't think she's in the band. <laughs> okay, that's... Black, I mean, that, black don't girl. Even, I'm, 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 not, there's a possibility... <laughs> Um, Flag girls are in the band. They, they, they intermingle. Yeah, there they intermingle. Is, like, it's okay. There is not one group of people that is less needed at a football game than the flag girls. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carrie's thinking, oh. do I want to keep going? Yeah, do I, I don't. Wanna? No. I don't. No. We've already done enough damage. <laughs> 
I know this. You do not go after band or ask Jason Kersey. That's where I get all my Don't knowledge from. Don't go after from. the band people. That's where I get all my knowledge from. I didn't say the bands were meaningless. I said the bands need to be there. I will remain talking a about the flag band girls. hero forever because I championed and found out about the them changing the thing at the beginning of the game to all show tunesy, and we started playing it on the radio, and everybody lost their minds, and it forced them to change it back. What were they doing? Remember the Max Weitzenhofer guy or whatever that oh, God. he wanted the he like single handedly hired this band director, I guess, with all of his donations or whatever. Oh, I remember that. I remember and that. And he wanted him to jazz up the I do remember that now. Yeah, 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 I remember that. And it turned into like yeah. really like show tunes yeah, yeah. and Broadway and people lost their minds. When I go to a game, I wanna close my eyes. I want to drink my wine, and I want to imagine that I'm on Broadway. I'm in Hamilton. Hey, Max, guess what? Nobody wants you here. You're the worst regent in the history of Oklahoma. I went I think to a football that. game, and cats broke out. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder the defense was so bad. They were pussies. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that, that's fine. I think all the people in the band hated it, and they hated that guy, and it all got resolved. Now was, it's all back to normal. Man, talk about the worst. If you have if if you're the worst if you have recommendations for what the band should be playing. Is that fair? Like just well, let like, them play what they want to play. Yeah. Well, now, don't you have a take on what plays over the the speakers? No. I thought you were pretty strong about this. Okay, okay, then I I'm Well, wrong. I mean, I there's some country that. music that has no place at a college football no, game. No, the the only thing I I dislike about the in-game music experience is when they always do what song. You know, they let the crowd pick the song and it's always a damn Toby Keith song. I think they're like contractually obligated to play <laughs> at least one Toby Keith song a game. Yeah. But I mean, do that. You can do that on you don't have to put his record up there with the other two. It's like whose song of the game? Toby is it, Keith. Is it Toby? Is it Blake Shelton? Or is it going to be All American Rejects? It's like, uh, let's go with D, none of the above. Yeah, it's always Just let the band play. Yeah. Show it's never me. like little Nas X or something current. Yeah, I, I think we're even out of that stage. Like, let's find something. He's got new. another song out now. It's not bad. I don't know what it is. Anything's better than that other song. Uh, so okay, so back on track. Defense, that's going to be the focus. Can they? And we were talking about you know other teams slipping up, and then we got into Baylor. What? But let's let's hear from. Let me ask Josh real quick. Just, okay, just real quick. What was maybe the most surprising thing to you about the Texas game defensively? It's a good question. I, I would say just how complete the defensive line dominated with the the only guy what's funny is the only guy on the texas offensive line that did his job samuel cosme he's really really so he, good. He, he walked the walk um, after yeah, running his he mouth did what all he way. needed to do i mean yeah you can go back and look i mean there was very very little pressure from sam ellinger's backside now i mean if you want to talk about the guards or whatever that's fine but like from that around the corner there was nobody getting that corner cosme's He's probably going to be Texas's first, you know, major offensive line draft pick in over a decade. I what mean, about he, Connor he's, he's got a chance to be a really good player. Uh, well, let's see. What did he go? Second round? That's yeah. fair. That's oh, fair. you're, you're talking right. like first round? Was he? Th 
Yeah, yeah. I just mean like an elite guy, like going you. back to like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember who the last one was. It was it uh, the big, the huge guy that went to Arizona uh, was Leonard uh, Leonard Davis. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. He's from small town Texas. Anyway, doesn't matter. The rest, though, uh, they, I mean, they had no biz. I, Zach Shackelford is a good player. He's probably going to at least get a cup of coffee in the NFL, and he had no business on the field with Neville Gallimore. I mean, I know you guys talked about it. It's not like I'm breaking news here, but that was not just, oh, Neville Gallimore beating up on another nobody. That's an NFL-type player, and Neville Gallimore, I mean, he literally made himself millions of dollars on Saturday. Yeah, and that was one thing, you know, just looking at the the pro football focus grades uh, over the weekend. I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, the entire offensive line played the entire way. Like nobody got a nobody took a playoff. They all played every snap of the game, which bodes well, I would say, for next week. Uh, I, I think that they're really trying to not not like capitalize on anything by any means but it just like they've just been out together for so little time that it's like they are still in somewhat of a preseason mode as an offensive line and well Bob it, that was the first time they've played since together started a game since the first the opener right correct yeah I mean it's just and it wasn't a blowout so there's no point in bringing in uh the young freshmen just to get get time in and if you don't feel that what they're doing is leading to the offense not producing. There's no point in putting R.J. Proctor or Bray Walker. I mean, you're talking about two red zone turnovers. That's not off the offensive line play. That's not the reason why the it wasn't producing a lot of points. So that quintet did its job. Sometimes. Yeah, and it's not like uh, it's not like Jalen Hurts was running for his life on that interception. He was he had ample amount of time. I just thought he was throwing it out of the back of the end zone. But statistically. It's funny to like talk about how developing this offensive line is. They've given up less sacks than they did in 2018 at this point. They're averaging almost 80 yards more per game on the ground, which goes in Part hand in hand with, with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yards per carry is up from 6.3 to 7.7 this year, which, again, anything on the ground is going to be aided by Jalen Hurts. But statistically, they're better than they were last year, but... You know, you the eye test would tell you much differently as far as the way that they played and just how you know I think young they are. But um, go ahead, I'll I'll shut up now. All right, just want to remind you guys that the uh, unofficial forty podcast is brought to you by Mid First Bank. They do a lot of good things uh, to uh, uh, support the university and sponsorships and things. And uh, they contacted us, and said, "Hey, we want to support your podcast as well." So uh, want to let you guys know they've set up a special URL for you to go visit midfirst.com slash u40 that's midfirst.com slash u40 uh where will that take you that takes you to the ou rewards credit card they are the exclusive provider of the ou credit card so every time you take it out of your wallet you get to show somebody hey i'm a huge ou fan uh you can earn 150 dollars in bonuses right now uh you can uh, redeem uh, your points for cash back gift cards merchandise travel and also you can register for, uh, for a chance to win the ultimate game day experience and every qualifying purchase made with your OU Rewards credit card earns you a chance to win the ultimate game day experience with VIP tickets to a football or basketball game plus $500. Also, they're offering 0% for the first year uh, on your APR. So go sign up, support uh, the podcast by helping to support MidFirst Bank. And I know you guys want that credit card uh, with a giant OU on it. So go sign up and we appreciate the, the sponsorship of MidFirst Bank and being a big part of what we do here with the unofficial 40 podcast on Soonerscoop.com. 
interestingly, with the pro football focus grades, of course, CeeDee Lamb was off the charts in his grade, 4.8. That was the highest grade on offense or defense. Then Kennedy Brooks was the only other guy that had a really, you know, considered an excellent score at 1.7. Uh, Jalen Hurts was bad. I mean, in, in PFF grading, he had the second lowest uh, next to Lee Morris. <laughs> Poor Lee. I don't know why they're picking on Lee Morris. But Lee Morris actually had 44 snaps in that game. Had to. Which was bizarre. You only targeted maybe once or twice. Braden Willis had uh, 26 snaps in the game. He even had a reception. You know what is so bizarre? Is we have never once, after a game, said, let's look at the missed tackle stats. How bizarre? How bizarre? I don't even know. I mean, not that anybody would even care. Why would you there care? There just hasn't been any. I mean, they've had a couple here and there, but... Like, you know, Josh, I was asking what the most surprising thing for you defensively was. And, like, the Dellen and Turner yell, filling holes, coming downhill. Uh, Brian Asamoah making open field tackles. Like, this is it's, 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 it's almost an entire new world. They would have 10 missed tackles on one drive last year. For me, it was Buki setting the edge correctly. Taking yeah. the right angle time and time again, where even earlier this season, that big run against Texas Tech is because Buki didn't know exactly how to not let that happen. He did a tremendous job. You, you talked with him on uh, Monday, Monday night. And I mean, if you haven't gone back and looked at it, I'd look at it. Best, on, uh, in, best interview of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's on the board on the Crimson Corner. But it's just, it that is a guy that you just can't walk away and think like, I want this guy to succeed. He's He has something that... Obviously, everybody kind of gravitates towards. I, in what surprised me also is that I thought maybe they would use David Aguebu in that game they a little didn't. bit, and they didn't use it. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. Lincoln gets really tight with uh, his roster for OU Texas every year. Didn't play Jaden Hazelwood. Didn't play Aguebu. A lot of guys didn't. I mean, just didn't see the field. There's there's a part of me that's like, okay, I get it, but. Also, isn't that always kind of a chance for young guys to get experience in a big game so the next time, you know, they're out there, it's not a big deal to them? You know, maybe he's waiting for a separation. You know, they never get like a 14-17 point lead to where it's like, okay, with this drive, let's put the young young dudes in mm-hmm. and see how they respond. When it's tight like that the entire way, it's like, I'm going to roll with Rambo and Lamb because I know what they're going to give me every single play. Here is one thing that stands out to me looking at Pro Football Focus, and that is the number of snaps for Kenneth Mann in that game, 45. That's a lot of snaps for him. I I mean, I have to go back and look, but that's got to be about double what he's had up to this point. So something about him him in practice, experience, whatever, that I think we might be getting ready to see, you know, vintage Kenneth Mann again. I'd say all the above as far as veteran player on that defense, uh, still kind of finding his way, working his way back, getting his uh, feet underneath him type thing. I mean, Jalen Redmond had 26 for comparison's sake. Yeah, you would think as far as conditioning, man is just about now to where everybody else was at the start of the season. You know, he's had a couple of months or a couple of weeks to get himself back into playing shape. I mean, because – you can work out and do all that stuff. It's just different when you're out there on the field. So I, I think that was that's something you have to think about is is him just finding a way to be able to take those snaps 
without just being gassed almost immediately. The thing that sticks out to me on snap count is we've talked about all the, the substituting and all they've done. Well, Turner Yell and Radley Hiles, they played a ton. So did Pat Fields. The guy we didn't see at all on Saturday, like didn't play a single snap, Brian Mead. Yeah. All the talk about Brian Mead and all the talk about, well, we're, we're not going to leave Kenneth Murray out there for 90 plays. He played 79 plays. Well, when he's he played every like single defensive when snap. Brian Mead had a rough series against Kansas when Murray went out. Oh, and he did. I think that almost took away the trust factor that they've shook. had in They're him. shook on Brian so Mead. So as long as Murray is full go and you could tell the, how crazy he was ready for anything against Texas, they'll let him stay out there. Now, that is concerning, though. Obviously, we still they don't have a backup mic. They just don't. Josh, we're six games I, in. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I would just I, I, you know, Bob was kind of on the same page. What do you do there? Do you do you do something to where okay, Deshaun White's going to move over for a few snaps. We'll let him play there because he's probably going to have to be your mic next year. And you know, then we let Asamoah come in, and then we kind of we keep rotating three guys for two spots and kind of make that where I mean. How do you do that? Because you just can't leave. I, I think we, we're all buying into the idea of this substituting is a good thing. You can't leave Kenneth Murray on the field that long and not expect some problems to arise. I think the only thing you can count on is just based on the spread of the next few weeks, you don't plan on him ever playing the fourth quarter. I think that's really what they're going to be banking on. Sure. Legitimate Buckus Award winner, uh can that conversation be had with Kenneth Murray right now? Is he a legitimate candidate? I honestly can't I, say that. I don't that pay attention to the rest of the nation enough. That's yeah, I don't know what his I don't even know what his Josh. tackle numbers are right now. Let me look it up. I'm like, trying to direct that towards Josh just as far as like, is he a legitimate that dude from California? Gets talked about a lot. I know Evan Weaver. Yep, he's a, it, he's yeah. a really really good player. Um, you know, and, and there are there's some other guys like that that I think are maybe a little more known. Um, but I. The, the thing that Kenneth has going for him, he's playing on a great defense that suddenly people are talking about for the right reasons. And so as much as the last few years you had Oklahoma being, you know, that defense being discussed as, well, this offense is historic, that defense is so bad, and people would focus on the defense because it was such an, it was almost imp- inconceivable that a team that good could have a unit that bad. And now it's going to be a fun story that people are going to beat into the ground about, well, now this defense is for real. Look at Kenneth Murray and Neville Gallimore and all these players. They're really good. And I think it's going to be one of those stories that kind of gets beaten into the ground, and it's going to give Kenneth Murray a lot of run. Um, And it's only helped by the fact that the Big 12 offenses are not what we've seen. I mean, Oklahoma's only got like three top 35 offenses left on its schedule, and one of them's TCU, who's slowly but surely looking like a dumpster fire. And OSU is obviously great. And Baylor, I don't know what to make of Baylor's offense right now. I mean, they put up some points. They look okay. But it really feels like a team that's more driven by its defense than anything. So, um, you know, we'll kind of have to see what that looks like. But this is a defense that should continue to go up in the rankings, I think. I think could end the year as a top 25 defense. And I can't even believe I'm saying that sentence. Um but, yeah, I, I think Murray will be helped by having all that backing. But, yeah, a guy like Evan Weaver's having a huge year. Uh, there's a couple of others whose uh, their name is going to escape me. The guy at um, – is it Bo- – it's not Boston College. I can't – there's another guy kind of like the Cal situation where he's kind of at an obscure school, but he's having a great year. Utah State. I, I want to say it's in the Big Ten. Oh, David Woodard? It, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, Nate I Landon. know that kid too, but, I mean – 
Here's what helps. Here's what a guy from Utah Max State Richardson, Boston this. College. Here's what helps Maybe Kenneth Murray is LSU's defense isn't that good this year. So even though that we know they have great linebackers, nobody's going to really get a lot of credit. Alabama had that injury to uh, what was it uh, CJ uh, or uh, Moses Moses yeah D- Dylan Moses Dylan Moses um, and so they've been really young at linebacker and their defense has not been to Alabama standard. Georgia's lost. I mean the I the thing is like you might be I don't know what Ohio State has or what Wisconsin Isaiah has. Isaiah Simmons at Clemson. Isaiah Simmons at Clemson. Well, yeah, that's the other, that's yeah. The, that was absolutely. I don't. I mean, if you're talking best player on best team and a defense that's getting some credit for being good, absolutely, Kenneth Murray's going to be in the right. And he's making highlight real plays instead of like dragging, yeah. being dragged two, three yards. He's hitting people and they're stopping right there in their tracks. Would you like to take a guess Which on is, what Kenneth Murray ranks nationally in tackles per game? Not high at all compared to like last year. Like, I'd guess in the 60s. Yeah, because he's not the leader year, in tackles. Last every year he would have been like top 10 because he just kept racking I'm going to say up. in the 50 to 75 range. Or is it worse than that? Kenneth Murray is ranked 142nd yeah, in the country wow. in tackles per game, seven, wow. seven a game. Uh, Evan Weaver, who we talked about just a minute ago from Cal, he is second in the country, <laughs> 14 tackles yeah. per game. He's Jordan more snaps. Jordan Brooks, Texas Tech. 11.3 oh, per game. Jordan Brooks is good, yeah. Uh, Nate Landman, really Colorado, 11.2 per game. Uh, Garrett Wallow from TCU is sixth in the country with 11 per game. I mean, you got to put up some big ass numbers. He's got to make some a couple takeaways because he's got he's the tackles for loss are looking pretty good. He's getting some sacks. If he can get a couple takeaways, that'll start gearing things more toward his favorite. Team. And I think part of it is I don't know, Josh. It seems like. Them kind of using him, using Kenneth Murray on the edge now, instead of just having him be a middle linebacker all the time, it's it it's kind of it's allowed him to make more plays behind the line of scrimmage, but it's also taken him out of of opportunities too. Well, I think so too. And then you look at that play that he made against Ellinger, where he came across the field from being that backside linebacker, like you're talking about. Yeah, that was a hell of a play. He, I, he came up the middle. I, I fixate. There's. Uh, no, 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 no. Are you no. talking he, about uh, Ellinger? He scrambled out right and he caught him on the side oh, on yeah, that yeah, third yeah. down. That's yeah. the clip um, that he waves at the Texas crowd afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the bye bye. Yeah. I mean, what are there? Maybe, maybe five or six linebackers in the country are athletic enough to make that play and arrive at Ellinger and be like, okay, he can actually make that play because Ellinger's a big dude. That's not a. That's no light work. Uh, there's a lot of guys that couldn't stand. No, up you're right. Team. I mean, Ronnie Perkins and, stoned him one time, and I was like, holy hell, I can't mm-hmm. believe somebody stopped Ellinger in his tracks. Like you just never yeah, see I that. Mean, that guy. That guy lives falling forward. I mean, he's you know, OU fans can hate him all they want. That dude's tough, man. He he. He took a beating on Saturday, and that kid just kept getting up. I can't remember the last time that. I legitimately walked out of a stadium and could say that defensively OU had whooped that ass. And Gary, we walked out of the Cotton Bowl basically saying that on Saturday. That was a top, I'd say that was a top three OU defensive performance maybe since I've been covering OU. And we're going on now 10 years. Legitimately. Like that was a, at times, dominating performance. After the uh, Rose Bowl, I was oh, just too busy scanning for un, you know undesirables as we were leaving the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> I think there were some games. With the in there. exception, 
Well, we survived oh, a shooting that fair night. Fair part. Oh, you're talking about on Saturday? Yeah, when we yeah, were leaving we, the game. If we would have stayed around for about an hour, we probably would have survived another shooting. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> I, Odds I, are. We haven't left the... Either that or we could have bought some meth. Yeah, we haven't left Fair Park that late before, I don't remember. It was it, very it was dark. dark. Yeah. It was very dark. And I just remember there were women like strolling around you know, with, with babies in strollers, and I was like, are you sure you should be here? It's like one of those babies from the Chappelle stand-up. <laughs> Trying to sell crack. I'm sorry, Josh. We interrupt you. Eddie and I interrupt no, you no, once no, again. No, no, that 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 was fine. I think I was interrupting you. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, <coughs> um, with the exception okay. of Ceedee Lamb okay. and the offensive line, would you guys say that Oklahoma won in large part in spite of their offense? Uh, I mean, in spite of yes and no, in spite of their red zone failures. In spite I of mean, their, everybody yeah. play I, I, calling. We kind of talked about this yeah. a little bit on the oh. podcast, uh, <laughs> on the post game podcast, Josh. Just the fact that I think that everybody is so conditioned to OU being so damn good offensively that. They still put up 511 yards. They still scored 34 points. And we're basically looking for ways to... Well, Jalen played off... You know, didn't play awful, but it, almost being overly critical just because we can for the first time in a long time, if that makes it just, sense. It just looks bad when he's the one that was screwing up and he's the one that was like, oh, I played in the Iron Bowl. I think I can handle this. Like, no, you really can't. Because you're not handling it well right now, Jalen. I mean, you got to think, like, <clears throat> heading into the fourth quarter, I think Kennedy Brooks had maybe four or five carries. Yeah. And I they, mean, that's like you said, play calling. Yeah, I mean, you got, it was The Trey Sermon thing was, is weird. But, I think it was a coincidence, though. It you, was, because there was one time when Trey Sermon ran, like, 25 yards down the field on a route. I don't know if it was a wheel or how he got out, but uh, Jalen Hurts threw up a, a ball to grabs. He jumped up, tried to catch it, like... He he looked just fine. It's it's like you watch that play and you realize, okay, Lincoln's not screwing with us. Like it, he really was just a victim in that. Of, of if it's just circumstance, kind of what I think, Eddie. I don't know if you said it after. It almost felt like Lincoln was trying really hard to get Jalen Hurts involved and sort of win him the Heisman against Texas because it felt like he was getting a lot more designed runs instead of yeah, giving it to right. Stevenson, giving it to Sermon, give it to Brooks. A lot of those. A lot of those. We're just there, though. Like the, how many times early in the game did he drop back to pass on second or third down, and all of a sudden there's, you know, 15 yards in the middle with nobody there. Yeah. So, and so I don't know. I mean, I think it's to kind me, of hurt. Still has that issue of of not sticking with it. his reads and, yeah. and taking off too soon. Yeah, but then when he holds it, we saw the interception. We saw the near pick in the end zone. That was a total quarter. panic thing, though. But the, I mean, but that's just the, that's him trying to extend the play sure. which he isn't used to doing yeah and you're seeing sometimes what can happen when he goes that direction it's just kind of weird it's like yes there were times that play calling and i guess the execution is probably less than to be desired but if you look at the fourth quarter that was about as perfect as you could play i mean yeah they scored both possessions they basically ran the ball straight down Texas' throat on right. that last drive. And it helps when you get 42 and 29 on two plays. But at the same time, it's like when they needed to finish, and that's something that they've talked about, you know, I, since Jalen Hurts has basically arrived, that's exactly what they did. And, you know, I, I think in a way, and Beatenbo would never say this, but I think he was kind of surprised by how well they played in the fourth quarter. 
here's here's I think maybe a little bit of a concern coming out of this game just for the long haul. Like we're talking about Baylor, we talked about Iowa State. Um, well, I don't know if we talked about Ohio, uh, Iowa State, but we have over the you know over the last few weeks. Like they're good teams, and they it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them found their way to Arlington for the Big Twelve Championship. But with Roshan Johnson running like he did, like I think, it, and I think Texas might have found some answers even in a loss that's going to make them better offensively moving forward. I've been saying it kind of all week, and Josh, Bob, I'd love to know what you guys think, but I think everybody kind of walked out of the Cotton Bowl thinking, OU's really good, which I think that they are. Texas, oh, they kind of suck, when in reality, <laughs> I think, you know, obviously OU did something that made Texas play the way that they did. Mm -hmm. Texas also probably played one of their worst games, and I know people are going to try and spin this and say that I'm not giving Oklahoma any credit. I'm, I'm complete. that's... You should have won a lot more, Eddie. Entirely bitch. wrong. I think that they just, they're going to get healthy. Stearns, I would imagine, helps them Comes defensively. Comes back at some point, yeah. Uh, the green kid, I would imagine when they can get him back, it's going to help. Their tackling is just, I mean, like. It's just atrocious, but like. Unbelievable. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't think Texas is as bad as they played on Saturday. And I don't know. I Even though it was a seven-point game, it just never really felt like that. I was surprised at the number of drops by Eagles and Johnson. I mean, there were plays to be made. Sure. Especially in the second half that really could have changed things, and those guys simply did not do it. Now, I don't know enough about them to really, oh, you know, they're good receivers, but they have a case of the dropsies from time to time. I've or, just never or seen Saturday, anything. Just crazy for him. I've never seen anything from Colin Johnson that says he has all he has all the tools that you want. He's massive in person. Like, you see, he's just a massive human being. I, I've never seen anything from him to suggest that he's an elite receiver other than his measurables. I, I don't disagree. You know, we've talked about it on an earlier pod that his stats from the Big 12 championship game, I had to be reminded, like, oh, he had a really good day mm -hmm. that day. I'd totally forgotten about it. Um, he He's just one of those guys that I feel like everybody always says, well, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. Well, he's a senior now. Shouldn't that just be happening? Like, it should, we, we shouldn't still be waiting for that moment to come. And he's a good player, but I think he's just one of those guys that gets talked about in that same category with the C.D. Lambs and Tylen Wallace's and those guys. And he's got no business in that conversation. He's just not on that level. And God, who was the who was so the I, receiver from Texas? Uh, like after Roy Williams, uh, like Sweet, oh, Sweeney uh, uh, or Sweeney? Lima Swede. Lima Swede. Yeah. Swede. Like that's who he's like Lima Swede. Like. Limus, Limus was better, but I know yeah, Limus thought, was yeah. better, Limus but he wasn't. He wasn't the guy that they made him out to be. Sure, no, no, I. Well, and that's, I mean, that's part of it. I mean, and it's not just for Texas; it's any major program. Whenever there's a guy that could be a guy, everybody builds him up to be that instead of well, let's wait and see if he gets there. Um, you know, and that's that's true of Oklahoma too. I mean, I, I and I think, you know, like we, we've talked about how great C.D. Lamb is. Look at C.D. Lamb this year and compare him to last year. That's a different guy. Yeah. Like he, he's clearly much better this year, and we were giving him a lot of praise last year. So, I mean, it you know, it, it happens everywhere. But he but, still had over 1,000 yards receiving as a freshman. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. No, no. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But you can see where he could go. I mean, even as good as he's been, he's gotten better every single year. To Eddie's uh, point, see, what, what I, I asked Monday is, 
if they played again, who's got more room for improvement? And I actually think Texas has the chance to be a lot better Saturday than what OU was. Don't know if it will if it would still matter, but I think if they played again, Texas would be the team that would look a lot better than what they did. Yeah, I agree. Hey, uh, let me uh, remind you guys, SeatGeek, a uh, great sponsor of the podcast. I, I know a lot of people have been using the SeatGeek app recently, and we really appreciate that. All you have to do is go download the app in the App Store. If you're looking for tickets to uh, any event, whether it's sports, concerts, uh, whatever, uh, they've got it all for you at SeatGeek. If you uh, get the app, and it'll even link up with some of the things that you've got on your phone, like Spotify, to alert you of local concerts. I think Post Malone's coming like on November 4th. Uh, I would think uh, even Eddie would be caught at a Post Malone concert. You're not a big concert goer, but I got to think you'd go to Post Malone, wouldn't you? Yeah, if somebody wants to take me using the SeatGeek app. If they put in the promo code scoop, they'll get $10 off too. Ah, I think that that'd be commendable. you're, You're not, you don't care enough about Post Malone to go? I could probably name you one Post Malone song. Really? I thought you were a Post Malone guy. Okay. Never mind. Anyway. Uh, I'm more of a big tattoo on the face guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he has plenty of He has those. plenty. Uh, anyway, SeatGeek. Hey, he might get a Sooner Scoop one. SeatGeek, uh, they pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate uh, each one on a deal scale of one to ten. Like, I was watching kind of as things went along, and you could see those tickets drying up on SeatGeek to OU Texas. And uh, they started out about three hundred. They went all the way up to four or five hundred dollars. Uh, I, I would feel free to let us know on the message boards, kind of what your ticket buying experience was like. But um, yeah, it, it, I mean, they just do a great job. As I said, I've used them. They're on my phone for concerts, for sporting events, for other people. A lot of times, uh, Eddie has used them. Uh, Josh uses them for Astros games. Uh, just go download the app, and if you put in the promo code Scoop. You'll get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I know a lot of people have been hitting me up on social media saying, what's the code? What's the code? The code is SCOOP. And you get $10 off. So thanks to SeatGeek uh, for sponsoring the podcast, as always. All right, guys. We've talked a lot about Texas, uh, probably because we don't want to talk about West Virginia. But I don't, like know if it's we, I don't know if we don't want to talk about West Virginia, but... Without I mean, Austin Kittle, what do you want to talk not, about? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what, it's just such a different feel for this game because there is no Dana Holgerson on the other yeah. sidelines, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it feels weird. I like Neil Brown. I think they're going to be. I think they'll be a good program when it's all said and done. I think it could also be said though that Dana Holgerson knew what was coming back and he got the hell out of there. Wasn't Wasn't Allison the kid that filled in for Will Greer when he refused to play their bowl game last year? I honestly couldn't tell you. Like super skinny dude. And it just wasn't that good. Right. Let me look. Jack Allison just sounds like a name that, eh, I don't know if you're going to be a good quarterback, kid. I wonder if they'll be as chippy as they were with, with That's Dana. what, and I doubt it. No, right? I mean, I, I don't think, think Neil like Brown has been coaching yeah. that up. Well, and I think, uh, was it Daniel uh, Gibson? Was that with their defensive coordinator? Gibbs? No, that was Dex. David Gibbs? Dave, Dave um, no, West Virginia's defensive coordinator where Dana was there. Was it uh, Gibson? No, it's Gibbs. Oh, was it Gibbs? Okay. I think he might have been the guy that... Oh, no, Tony Gibson. Tony Gibson, yeah. No, Tony Gibson. Yeah. 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 I was thinking uh, Gibbs is down at Tech. Yeah, that's what... I, I think Gibson might have been the guy that was, you know, all the... Hustle. But, man, I, I will miss... Are you alleging that he is the new Greg Williams? That yes, there, he's I am. putting bounties on OU players? 
I I love the year when Bob Stoops had to get out there and start separating him at half. You know, like that was so much worse than the Cotton Bowl. Like there yeah. was so much more pushing oh, a and lot shoving. More. Mike DeFee would have called the game <laughs> if he would have done the OU West Virginia. And that was game. when it was snowing that game, right? That was an awesome. Game. That was so awesome. disappointed in all of you. And Eddie had great scoop HD video of the you know the back and forth, and you could hear Stoops going, "Get back, get back." What do they? Uh, where do they play the basketball games at up in uh, Morgantown? I forget what the arena is called, but it's a weird looking. Mike place. DeFee would have. Let's get all the teams over there in fifteen minutes. We need to have a presentation on sportsmanship. And this great game of ours that we've all embarrassed. Shut up, loser. But, I, you know, it's another chance for Jalen Hurts to kind of re... And I think the thing about coming out of the Texas game, even though we know it wasn't like Heisman caliber, I don't think a lot of other people around the country really took the time out to realize, okay, well, the guy ran for three... You know, accounted for 300 and... 66. 66 yards. So he had a, you know, against Texas, that was a big time day. But I think Burrow's getting a lot of. He got upstaged by Burrow. Burrow's getting a lot of bump right Later now. Later in the night. Two is playing well. Uh, I, I just wonder, I mean, like watching the, the college game day stuff, like it's almost like Oklahoma didn't get as much. Like LSU gets this big jump out of beating Texas. That's. Because they went on there like, and now it's like, oh, you oh, beat you, Texas. It's like, eh, well. You listen to some outlets and it's your boy JoJo mainly that I got pissed off at yesterday. Oh, that's that's living with JoJo. That's <laughs> hashtag JoJo for a reason. You, I mean, you listen to some people, some national guys out there, and it's like, it. The question was, it, or I mean, the question wasn't, wow, what a what a performance by Oklahoma. It was, what happened to this Texas team that played against LSU? <laughs> like. Maybe OU had have a reason seen, for that. Yeah, like, have you seen what other people are doing to LSU's defense? It's not It's not just Texas that's putting up 38 on them or 35 or whatever it was. It's almost like OU lost they made credibility. Look highly functional. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's incredible to me. That's why the, that last touch, I go back to that. Like, the, the headlines change from OU dominates, like, holds on or outlast or, like, what? Perfect example Did of you this. you watch that Perfect game? Perfect example, Bob. Florida has first and goal against LSU. They're down 14 with like two and a half minutes left. LSU stands. They don't get in. So It's a domination. A dominating two-touchdown performance when in reality, all Florida had to do was pick up two yards. Yeah. And, and it's a seven-point game. Now, LSU still wins the game. They're not going to get the onside and all that kind of stuff. But I it's mean, just funny how that... like. That changes a narrative almost. I mean, I, we were talking about earlier about where does the letdown come between Oklahoma and, and Wisconsin, and, and we didn't even mention LSU, but, like, if if Burrow has a bad day and that offense sputters, I mean, to me, the, they seem ripe for the upset. And and I'm not even talking, like, an upset against, like, Alabama. Like, they could fall, I mean, with their defense the way it is, I just they who, could fall to almost anybody. To who, at Mississippi State on Saturday. God, God, I don't Kansas think that's State, it. Though. I don't think that's one. Mississippi, <laughs> Mississippi State, State's terrible. Mississippi terrible. State is not a good football team. Who do they? Get? They got beat by. K uh, State beat them at home. Well, no, who no. they get beat by last weekend? Uh, it was it was embarrassing. Everybody. I think they're three and three now. The dogs. I mean, it's Mississippi State. People need that. Mississippi State. Exactly. Mississippi State's a perfect. But you know what? South Carolina beat Georgia. So. Oh, they beat. Excuse me. Sorry, dog fans. They beat. They got beat by Tennessee on 
Oh, Saturday. Wait, bad. what? 20 to 10. Did they really? Yes. Ooh, got, like, got doubled up by Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee should close its program. Jeremy Pruitt is basically, he's holding that program hostage. He's Bill Snyder in Tennessee. Well, the Tide have the balls on Saturday, so we'll see. I was just happy that Philip Fulmer had but, the balls to come out and say, I'm not taking over as coach. Like, he was like, do you people realize how stupid you sound? I would be horrible if even I was coaching Even I don't again. want to touch this yes. damn thing. Well, he basically well, I mean, admitted he could Do you guys all remember succeed. you ran me out of town? Yeah, exactly. Mississippi State's the perfect encapsulation of the SEC aura that yeah. they get a free pass. That's a bad football team. That is a bad, bad football team. South Carolina's kind of been that way for a long time, too, though. Yeah, and they, get, and they beat Georgia because their kicker sucks and... Jake Fromm plays the worst game of his life, and all of a sudden it's a, well, there, there's your quality win or, you know, quality loss. <laughs> well, yeah, Guys, I was, I as, mean, as I, I look around the Big 12, t- talking about like good coaches, is this one of the better eras you can remember of Big 12 head coaches? Like, look around That's the conference. Good. There's a, yeah. I mean, you guys mentioned Neil Brown at West Virginia, Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I think Kleeman at, at Kansas State's really good. Uh, Matt Wells has Texas Tech. Ever since the OU game, they're playing good football. Well, and the Jets uh, won and you know, Matt Mike Rule. Gundy, yeah. Gary Patterson. And, yeah, I think – and you guys know. I mean, when I, we can go back all the way in the pods. I, I've loved Matt Rule since the hire. that hire was made. So, I, I he's, he's really good, and I think he's one of those guys that will get an NFL job. In fact – I'd bet he does it before Lincoln Riley ever does. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And I, I don't think you're wrong, but I guess it what he uh, he signed that extension, that really doesn't mean a whole lot these days. Uh, rule. Rule. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's the NFL, it doesn't mean anything. That's true. Uh, I will say this. I, I know there's there's all kinds of... The talk is never going to stop as long as Dallas is sucking with Lincoln Riley. But I, I'll i be interested to see, because I'm going to tell you, I don't think Alex Grinch is going to become that hot assistant just after one year at Oklahoma. Agreed. I agree. Just because people are going to say, let's see you do it again, or? I just, I mean, part of it, he's, you guys know this, he's just not a flashy person. I mean, like, yeah. he's, he's, he's like a professor. I mean, I think that he's an he's an instructor. He he's dressed a in a sweater Saturday. <laughs> I love that look. He's working on his visor game, but Alex Grinch kind of strikes Kerry, me as a guy that. The, go ahead, Josh. the The way I was going to say it is, would it wouldn't shock me if he got some job offers this year, but it's going to be like the Southern Miss, the right. you know those kind of schools, where if he'd wait a couple of years. Then maybe you know that that big job comes open that he could maybe get into. And I think that's why he is wired a little bit like Lincoln in that I don't think he's the type of guy that would just jump at that first job. You know, he knows exactly what he wants in a, in a way that he believes in the the defense that they're running. Like he's not going to just take uh, you know the Troy job just yeah. because just to be a head coach. You know who's killing Alex Grinch right now? Kirby Smart. How's that? How many people want to hire defensive coordinators right sure. now? No, I, I think there's something I mean, is to there, that. Is there, sure. is there, what, Josh, who is the biggest and brightest defensive coach, head coach out there now that's, you know, relatively you mean new? like who is a current head coach? Yeah, that, what, that came up as a defensive coordinator that's having a lot of success in recent years. 
Oh, other than man, Campbell, I guess, is the best I mean, example. Is Campbell? I Campbell's Campbell was an Campbell guy. an offensive guy? I, offensive I guess I just always yeah considered him a defensive guy because uh, they played defense the, at Iowa State. Well, that that defense coordinator up there is kind of the Peacock. mastermind of that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah, he's he's. Awesome. I can't think of anybody that is a defensive-minded, young and up-and-coming coach. Somebody that's not already established. Oh, uh, what's his name? Out of Cal, I guess would technically fit Justin that mold. Wilcox. Yeah, from Boise. Yeah, yeah. He would technically, I yep. think, fit that mold. And he's doing a nice job out there. He's doing uh, a really nice job. I mean, but Cal you know, football just got dropped on the unofficial forty. Might be the first time in history. <laughs> Maybe we should just, just talk about how terrible That's Chad Morris is pod, while we're at actually. it. Yeah, Evan Weaver, too. Yeah, we, we've That's we right. two cow <laughs> references in the same. This is a cow podcast. Pod. <laughs> this is a liberal cow podcast. <laughs> By the way, if oh, I will say this. If you are anyone in this region, be it Mike Gundy, um, hell, anyone at Tech or Baylor, and you let Arkansas beat you for a recruit right now, just quit. Why would anybody go Guys, to Arkansas? Is Chad Morris in trouble? He should be. Still looking for that first power five th- win. Mean, Almost had it over two? the week. You think he's in trouble? I mean, I understand that Bilma did not leave the cupboard, you know, full sure. with offensive players that he wants to use in his system. But God, I mean. I know we've talked about this before, but. Maybe he, his Arkansas, job security is just because of SMU right now. I'm sure Kersey could shed a little bit of light on this because he covered Arkansas, but that fan base, a little bit A&M in that, or they're a little bit A&M-esque. Speaking in of that, disappointing programs. Well, I mean, it's just right on cue for Jimbo Fisher to be 3-3 three and three right now. Uh, they just, who would they go get? Like, I think that that's probably their biggest thing. Mike is, Leach is who they should have gotten from the well, beginning. Well, that's who they should get, but you know Arkansas fans think they're too good for that. Yeah, and that's why they're where they are. Exactly. They deserve to just be horrible forever because they all they thought they were too good for Mike Leach when they could have gotten him. Can anybody explain that thought to me? Like, what is better than Mike Leach? How many coaches in the last 15 years have had more success than he is? Five, six, maybe? I don't want that gimmick offense. And, I mean, it's not like... What the hell? It's not like there's some massive tradition of... You know, I mean, I understand Frank Perales was a fantastic coach, meant a lot to that university, but like, come on! I mean, you had Lou Holtz, you had uh, Ken, uh, who was who was uh, their wishbone guy? Yeah, Ken. Uh, Couldn't help you. Ken Rice. Is it Ken Rice? No, had, uh, no, Ken Hatfield. Ken Hatfield. Ken Hatfield. Sounds like a douche. He was good for Arkansas. I mean, they were actually pretty. They went to the Orange Bowl when he was coaching there. Is that who beat Switzer? No, that was Lou Holtz. Okay. Uh, and I mean, but I mean, it's not like they're the cradle of coaches at Arkansas. Houston well, Nut, I mean, man. Unless it came off the Frank Broyles tree. Shout out nothing. Houston Nut. I mean, they are, they are if you consider that, you know, Barry Switzer played there. Maybe they should hire Switzer. And Switzer's last birthday on Twitter, he said, I hope I see the next one. I mean, <laughs> that's where he is in life right now. <laughs> this is like saying, God damn, we don't talk about that kind of stuff, okay? <laughs> every time you say that, um, and every time we get in a fight about the GD word, I think of the movie Rudy, which I hate. Yeah, 
where he says, uh, "My girlfriend says let, I yeah, can't they, say goddamn." Yeah, you anymore. can't say goddamn. And then she hits him. I usually tweet that video out when somebody says something about it. <laughs> Do, guys, how many? If you ask the average fan of like Iron Man and Swingers, you know that kind of guy. How many of them do you think realize that's John Favreau? Uh, well, Favreau got fat for Iron Man. I mean, he was skinny I know that, swingers. Well, you're right, but like, I, he's so young there, and he looks so different. He he's so rich too. I mean, he's, yeah. he's made so much money. Vince Vaughn's in it too. In Swingers? In, no, in Rudy. Oh yeah, he's yeah. the he's the oh sure dickhead sure. running back. I, sure, I thought Roland was going to go on to stardom. Just a good story about a good Catholic family <laughs> is what that is. Reminds me of my childhood. Oh, God. <laughs> but we weren't Notre Dame fans. Your mother, something tells me your mother does not concur with that at all. Uh, maybe, maybe not. It's strange that your family, you know, came from Chicago, the roots of it, and that your parents are... My mom's from Oklahoma City. Really big OU people. Okay. That makes sense then. And did your dad convert from a Notre Dame fan at some point? Uh, no, I don't think so. We don't cheer for the Irish in this household. I don't know if my dad would cheer for OU over the Irish. Really? That's a good question. I don't know. It is weird because like... He still gives me Notre Dame updates. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I know, Dad. They're on NBC every Saturday. It is weird because, like, I'll go see my parents, and my dad will be wearing OU gear, and I'm like, Dad, I don't play for OU. Like, you don't have, you never wore this when I was going to school there. Like, you'd give me like minute by minute USC updates from Saturday night. I'm like, I don't, I'm not watching the game. Guys, do you still get like random family members that will give you? Yes. Like, OU yeah, I know gear. where you're going. Yes. Uh, I, for Christmas, Christmas. Like, I you still get Don't give it's me still this. in my closet. Like, I can't wear this anywhere. Like oh. it's taboo. I just said, don't ever buy me anything red. Like I won't. But my mom would like. Then she would not buy clothes, but she would buy me like. So you couldn't be a blood. <laughs> like, don't give me a red dress yeah, shirt. I'm I the same way. I, I can't wear that red. to a presser. Yeah. That's gonna look weird. I have a few red Bob, shirts, Bob's, but that's. There's some members in the media that if you do, you could just sell it to them. <laughs> No, but like, good money. so my mom would stop buying me clothing, Especially but then she, would, Jordan brand. then she would buy me stupid trinkets like a laser engraved wooden OU shitty football like that had like <laughs> Big 12 champions or something on it. I'm like, I don't know. Do you think I'm going to, I have one thing in my office. I have an OU helmet, but it sits right next to a Sun Bowl helmet. So it's not like it's a pin holder. It, I hold my pins in it. That's the only thing I've allowed anyone to buy me. I don't think that face mask I, I have an is uh, regulation. Like, oh, you no, ties. This is like '70s kicker face mask on this thing. Kind of cool. And then I have my Dallas Cowboys cup right next to Eddie. Should put it upside down. <laughs> it's you lose to the Jets, you go upside down. Th that ship is in distress. Yeah, if we start, I think they'll play on Saturday. I think they'll. I think they'll win on Sunday. If we if we get into studio situation, we might have like OU stuff. Like pictures or something that we've taken or something because we'll have to have something on the walls but it's not like just a rant hey we can just take some random high school of josh recruit pictures i mean it'll be great hey the, the, the jerseys, pictures you're recognizes. taking now i'll be happy what about to all those pictures those of the cheerleaders you send us <laughs> the eddie cheerleaders. those are private buddy those those are on the private oh server. are we still recording those not open yeah. <laughs> i think there's a that's a reason a lot of websites 
a lot of schools, a lot of ISDs won't even let websites come. Well, you remember that pervert? Out yeah, in there was an Arizona guy. or something, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Well, there was a guy down in Dallas, I think, wasn't there, Josh? That just makes me uncomfortable. No, Garland, uh, Garland ISD, they still like. I have to really, you know, like guys. I, I promise, I'm okay. Like, I, it's almost like you know, like I, you have to go through a whole check for some, especially in Dallas. You're kind of right, Carrie. That's where it's more noticeable where you have to kind of go through. Like South Lake Carroll, I have to send in a sheet of information, like what I'm going to do, like advice, like they can give me a background check, like this whole thing. Like you have to get it in by like Tuesday so they can go through and kind of vet you. and then Make sure you're not you know, a sex offender. It, I think I'm yeah, okay with that. prove you or deny you. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. I, I, no, I you, welcome that. Yeah. It's like one of those things that you, people get uptight about. And it's like, I don't know. If you have nothing to hide, why would you? Yeah. Why, would, I, why exactly. would it matter? I tend to send links to stories that I've written. When I'm talking to yeah. coordinators, like people that are doing the press passes, like here's you know, I this is this is what I do. All right, the, well, um, oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, no, I mean like in Texas, like if you walk into a front office, they're gonna scan your ID, like they they run it through a deal, they're gonna check you. Like I, I mean, now a lot of times I just go straight to the field house or whatever. But if I'm going in and the coach is like in the main building, I have to go through. Oh and They're yeah. going to scan it. They'll run my, you know, they'll check me the whole thing. So it's. I it's, don't even think it's that, pretty serious. I, I'm sure that taking the the girls to school and stuff. I don't even think nowadays you can get inside of a school without going through some type of yeah, like a check uh, background check or mm-hmm. you know, like even when we go cover like signings that I, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to like make sure that you get there a little bit early, just to make sure that you can get into the school. Yeah, which is, I mean, oh yeah, kind of the well, world that we live in. We have you have to do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Tiffany. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I keep trying yeah, to move I on. Important. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on a different story. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, well, the, re- the only thing I was going to say is I know you've been tracking visitors. Uh, it is the fourth straight 11 a.m. game, which makes it very difficult for Oklahoma in recruiting because they can't get kids. Uh, to fly in in time for the game. A lot of kids will come in Saturday mornings if they have late-night games in other parts yeah, of the country. Yeah, you need to play Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Josh, uh, I know you're you're updating the board on Soonerscoop.com on our premium message boards to uh, what's going on, but what are some of the highlights uh, that, that uh, to look for this weekend in recruiting? Well, I don't think there's any question that you have to start with uh, Reggie Grimes, the Rivals 100 defensive end from Tennessee, uh, mentioned in an article late last week that Oklahoma was starting to make a move with him and was going to visit the next few weeks. Well, that, that week's coming this week. Because I think, you know, Bob and I have talked about this both on the pod and just kind of privately, that this was the week you could tell Oklahoma kind of had earmarked. It's like this might be our uh, our big weekend. They like making and homecoming they, big. They do. Exactly. And 11 a.m. didn't help them, but they're going to do what they can do. I mean, you know, guys, they can get in. Hey, great. And Grimes is that guy this week, and he's the, you know, I think the number 42 player in the country. I need to check it up, be sure, but it's somewhere right in that ballpark. So he is an elite guy, offers from all over the country. A lot of people, and including in our forecast, have him pegged to Alabama. I've talked to some people that tell me right now Alabama is not going to take him. They, they've just they've got hmm. some other guys so either weird. a little higher on their board. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be tough to be like, yeah, the number 42 player in the country, we're good here. Um, but that's that's kind of where that is and i think that may be why oklahoma feels like well maybe the door can open here a little bit because yeah you're probably not going to go into the south and beat alabama for a major defensive recruit but the school i'm hearing with him right now is south carolina well that's a fight oh you can win like that that's that's not 
insurmountable. Now, maybe he doesn't. He wants to play in the SEC, and that's fine. You can't do anything about that. But against South Carolina, I'm willing to take my shot. Against Alabama, I might look somewhere else. So he he's the guy that I think you kind of keep an eye on. Um, as far as the other official visitors, they're all commitments. Nate Anderson, Jalen Conyers, uh, Andrew Rame, Trevon West. Uh, those guys are the other expected. Now, there are a few other players that I think are still up in the air. Uh, Arian Smith, the, the really explosively fast receiver from Florida, uh, he was initially set to come in this weekend. I'm wondering if the 11 a.m. kickoff has thrown that off. Uh, another guy is Keyshawn Lawrence, the Tennessee commitment from uh, tennis from Tennessee. He is also kind of rumored, but I, you know, I'm checking on that. But so far, nothing definitive. Uh, as far as the unofficial visitors, um, the really the, the two big ones, uh, other than Bo- Brock Vandegrift making his return to Norman, uh, would be Trey Zunn, the uh, Rivals 250 uh, 2021 offensive tackle from Colorado. He came in the summer and now is coming back. Uh, coming with mom and dad, I think this is her first trip down from what he's told me. So there is a good chance for Oklahoma to kind of continue to put themselves at the forefront of his recruitment. He's a guy that really likes OU a lot. The other is Kobe McKenzie, the 2022 linebacker from Lubbock Cooper. Um, McKenzie loves Oklahoma. I, I think if you if he was going to pick today, I think it would be Oklahoma. I don't think there's a lot of doubt about it. Now he's 2022. There's a long way to go. A lot can happen. But, yeah. but yeah, but you start looking at that class. Kobe McKenzie's a five star on 20, he looks uh, like seven. it. Yep, he's yeah, like borderline. This is a big time guy that, as a linebacker, loved what he saw from Kenneth Murray on Saturday. He and I talked a lot. He's very gung ho about OU. Um, you add him to Gentry Williams. Well, man, that's that's maybe two five stars in twenty twenty two. Oklahoma has a very real shot shot at on the defensive side of the ball. So again, it's early. Don't want to get crazy, but that's you know twenty twenty one. You'll see Oklahoma make a step forward. I think twenty twenty two is where you might finally see okay Oklahoma starts reeling in some really truly elite defensive guys if they can keep this momentum going. Hey, just a couple notes. Uh, trades is it Zun? I've been saying Zune. I, I'm not sure which one it is, but I, I, I'm not either, Bob. He was at the offensive line defensive line camp where him and Ethan Downs were the two people that got the offers from from that afternoon and downs who of course committed to OU last week he will also be in attendance be his first game as a committee so very excited to meet Vandegrift for the uh, first time and talking with uh, Greg Brock's father they're coming in Friday through Sunday so uh, Prince Avenue Christian has a bye week so it worked out perfect in that regard, and and crazy enough, and I mean, Josh, you were there when it happened. But sounds they're going to try to get Brock back on the field. I don't personally understand the the urgency of trying to get him out there as fast as they are. But so he Greg, has had surgery or anything. You know, Greg showed showed me a picture of the brace that they have made for him, and he won't play the entire game starting next week. But they talk about playing him one to two quarters and trying to get him him ready that'd be pretty incredible to think of where he was when you were there to to now that he could actually be ready to go back out there josh is just not allowed to go back to cover his game correct because he'll probably break the yeah um, that has more to do with the restraining I, order than it does <laughs> for me it was chris robinson i saw him play twice and he got hurt in both in baltimore should have been a sign i uh, you know, I know he got hurt in at least one of the times I saw him, Bob. So maybe maybe there was a pattern there that had nothing to do with you or me. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it sounds like they're hoping Brock's going to be back before playoffs. I mean, they, they, they seem pretty optimistic about that. And I think a big part of that is I think as far as playoffs go, that's not that crazy of a, a reach for Brock. I think that was always kind of the prognosis was about four to six weeks was what that was going to look like. And I, I think they're being somewhat patient with it. But I think they know if they can just get him out there for a week or two before playoffs, let him get his feet back under him, get kind of back in the groove of things. Well, then when they hit playoffs, I mean, guys, Prince Avenue Christian's a potential state finalist with Brock Vandegrift on their team. So I think they're trying to find a way to kind of get him ready to make that run. And I, I, I got to say, if you're that team in Georgia, that's like, man, we had this great year. We get Prince Avenue Christian. They're down. Oh, oh shit. Brock's back. Like, I mean, like, that's got to be the biggest letdown ever. Like, you really thought you had a chance to move out of the second round. You're probably playing a team in Prince Avenue Christian. You didn't think you were going to have to face because they were going to be, you know, the first seed in their district. Instead, they're second or third or whatever. And now you got to deal with the best quarterback in the country. Like, that, that seems a little unfair to that poor team. Just as far as you might have already kind of answered this, but, you know, with what Oklahoma has been able to do, uh, putting things on tape defensively, uh, that was asked of kind of of Lincoln and, and Alex Grinch. How much of that is that, I guess, the, the hot take reaction of, of, of being able to give it to kids and show them what they can do in this defense as opposed to, uh, I guess, how much can they really sell when you've only had played six games or how much will that be negatively recruited against? Like, and I, oh, I, I, I guess I'm asking because you see guys like Kendrick Blackshire that, you know, tweeted after the OU Texas game. Like, how much do you think that kids actually are going to buy into what they're doing in Norman right now? And it's obviously. And, and even Josh Eaton's. Yeah. Team, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a perfect example is like what have, I don't I still don't know what that means. What they've done on the field has it been does. enough to be able to flip guys? Because I do think that when you watch they're having fun. It's obvious that they're having fun. It looks like a defense that you would want to play in with as much as they're allowed to do. Uh, just, I, I guess what is, has that sales pitch increased over the last six or uh, two months? Oh, I don't think there's any question. And now it's where the tables turn a little bit. Oklahoma, like they put it on tape. Look what we did to Texas. Go compare. Okay. You, Dante Manning, you love LSU. Go look what LSU did with Texas' offense. Look what we did with Texas's offense. Like, you can sell that, and you don't even have to make the pitch. It's not a, well, look, wait for us. Wait and see what we're going to do. Wait till what we're going to be. It is a bold comparison you can make with the defense that everybody in the country just assumes is an elite unit, which, you know, we've already talked a little bit on the pod. It's not. And Oklahoma can say, we're moving in that direction. And now you've got these mock drafts that have Kenneth Murray and Neville Gallimore going in the first round. If that happens, I mean, I think you even speed up the conversation of, you know, because that's what these kids want. You can talk to them about tradition and we're going to play good defense and we're going to be this and that. If you have a chance, if you are putting out NFL talent, yep. guys respond to that. And, that, and that's going to make their life so much easier. And I think Kenneth Murray is probably – very much trending in that direction. And Neville Gallimore, we'll have to see, but, I mean, I he's one of those guys, if he's close with the way that we're told he'll test, I you know, he might push himself in that range too. So we'll see. But, like I said, I when I talk to guys, usually in years past, I would have to, you know, kind of 
oh, you know, Kenneth Murray had a good game here against UCLA in 2018. Or, you know, kind of I would almost have to lead them into the compliment of the defense. Sure. And now, like I hit up Travion Ford, the uh, the outside linebacker from St. Louis, and I said, you know, what do, what do you think of uh, – did you get a chance to COU? And he goes, are you kidding, man? Nine sacks? I saw that. You know, like they, they know it. Like they watched it. It was a big stage and – you know, or a linebacker, man, Kenneth Murray looks like a he's a freak, man. You know, I mean, like, they're starting to talk about these guys like, I want to be that guy instead of, well, I could replace that guy. Well, that's kind of just from the team side of things. That's kind of what we talked about with uh, some of the guys this past week, and we mentioned it on the postgame podcast, was just the fact that it feels like, you know, you can go in there and say, oh, we, we believe in the defense. I think Ronnie Perkins talked about it yesterday, uh, even as far as, you know, last year you talked to guys and it's like, yeah, we believe in the defense. They're going to get a stop when they need to. You really believe that? Like, I, I don't think anybody actually. Well, that, that would that would they would say that until Curtis Bolton came in the room was like, no, we can't get any stops. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, all right, these well, guys suck. And I'm, it almost makes you feel like kill inside the team, inside the locker room right now, it's some of the defensive guys can look the offensive guys in the face these days. Like they they yeah. they can make eye contact with some people now. They just can't look Alex Grinch in the face because they never get any turnovers. That's something that needs to be worked on. I, you know, I, I think in which is how hard is that to bitch though about turnovers when they're playing that well? Well, when it's something that you basically have harped on for the last yeah. seven months, you have yeah. one I mean, in three conference games. That's gonna, I would, that's gonna be an issue. I would imagine the next three weeks present opportunities to turn the ball over, and I West Virginia is a team that has given the ball away. Um, at a startling rate, I think you could say over the yeah. first first couple of weeks of the season or the Big Twelve conference season. So I would be surprised if they don't force. I'd put the over at over over under two and a half on Saturday, and I'd go over. Yeah, I think that's that fair. It's fair. fair. It's just it's hard, you know. You can't do it against Kansas. I'd be a little surprised <laughs> if they didn't force two turnovers on Saturday, because I do think what Riley said on Monday was probably true if you continue to be as disruptive as they are up front turnovers are going to come at some point guys are just going to make mistakes under pressure i would agree i think it's coming it's just a matter of time all right um anything else on the table before you guys uh... yes let's hit basketball because they oh, got a yeah. five-star official visitor bryce thompson from booker oh, t oh yeah last visit and then he'll look to make his choice here in the next month obviously you have the november signing period coming up quickly so it sounds like he wants to do it during that little uh time period there i mean you got north carolina he was at ku when we were at K ku he was there for snoop's performance and <laughs> everything like that so i i think you look at carolina kansas and the sooners seem to be a consensus top three i know he's been to texas he's visited michigan state OSU and Arkansas, but I think you're looking at Carolina, Jayhawks, Sooners. OU gets the last crack at it. It would be Lon, amazing if Lon, Lon pulled this put off. A lot of yeah. work into this kid for a long time. I'm bordering just as long as they recruited Trey Young. Yeah. They've been on with Bryce Thompson. You got his teammate, Trey Phipps, also making an official visit. He, of course, committed to OU a couple months ago. I'm not saying that's going to play a huge role. But at least they'll always have that. Hey, you know, Trey's going to be trying to get Bryce too, and this is it. This is all they want. They no one in the post. They got all their bigs this last class. There's 
unless they have some unexpected transfer, then they'll have to go down that road later. But this is what they want for 2020. Just the Booker T kids, Trey Phipps and Bryce Thompson. I'm not going to Dean Blevins you, but I'm not going to ask you for a percentage. <laughs> but, I mean, it would seem that OU has just of a good a chance as anybody in this. Would that be fair to... I mean, the family Absolutely. ties are there. Yeah, the, I mean, the family. I mean, like Lon's lost, you know, Crutchfield. He's lost some guys here and there, but the hires he made actually are very close to Pooh. Yeah. Is very close. Yeah, to, when you you bring in Pooh, this is part of the reason. It's not the only reason. Don't get it twisted. It's not one of those shady deals where he only hired Pooh. A lot of people would have hired Pooh. It's not like it's know. not like hiring the number one player in the country's brother on your assistant. <laughs> Just his teammate, you know. Um, no, but I mean, people wanted. I mean, he was, that was a wanted shot at man. LSU. Yeah, he he wanted. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he w- Cunningham. Yeah, definitely. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's no. it's not one of those deals. But I'm, you know, you you think about what he brought to this recruiting area. The relationship definitely helped, and it's definitely. I mean, it's helped Kansas. I mean, you know, with Bill Self coaching sure. Rod Rod Thompson, don't think that hasn't played sure. a played a role. It's. It's you know you use the connections when you have them, and that's why I feel like OU and Kansas are the real legitimate top two in in, in my mind because it makes more sense if it ends up being that way. But I think the Sooners have done everything right, and now they're ready to punch. Yeah, I'll have the story out Friday, sort of chronicling how this is all worked out and why I think this could be the weekend that seals the deal. Look, I'm sure um, Rod and Bill are close. I, I'm not trying to, you know, piss off anybody, but how strange a time we live in when Lon Kruger's best recruiting pitches were a pretty clean program. <laughs> we don't have anybody looking over our shoulders right now. And you Just never a, will. It's the reality of the situation. I mean, yeah. Kansas is, it's going to be, I'm sure this, this could fill up an entire podcast, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I would be like if you had to ask me on October 16th, 2019, is Bill Self going to be the head coach at Kansas in two years? I would say there's almost no chance. I would say, yeah, I would, yeah. I'd be right there with you. I mean, there's just too much that the NCAA and yeah, the Fed. I would say if have. he can make it through this year, I mean, and I think he's going to have to because they're not going to, ha- I don't think anything will drop during the season that would force Bill Self out. And maybe that's just me being a little naive. It's gonna be interesting though. Like I, I think that there's definitely gonna be some, some things that fall, for sure in Lawrence. And when you think about Bryce Thompson, the, I, the improvement he's made in the last year, last two years, I mean he he was a four star kid mm-hmm. as he was a freshman and sophomore, but he's earned his way into being a five star guy. He's bulked up. He can his shot making has always been there, but now he can distribute the ball a, a lot better. I mean he's become the total package to where it was, oh, it would be nice if we got Bryce. Now it's like, holy cow, this, you know, we need to get He's, him. It, it would seem if you read the press clippings from the AAU circuit or Eric Bossy or whoever talks about him, I mean, this is one of those guys that, it's, I'm not going to say once in a generation type guy, but... I mean, he's... But a guy that can get you to the Final Four. He's a guy you yeah. build your program around, no yeah. doubt about it. Oh yeah, Oklahoma. The if state he, of Oklahoma just as a whole has state, really you good. Get him. Yeah. Absolutely, they have a between him and uh, the Trey Alexander kid at Heritage Hall. Well, and that and you know what's funny about that twenty twenty one is Jackson Robinson from Ada. Yeah. might actually be ranked higher than Trey, but we all knew about Trey first. Team Team Griffin's doing an incredible job of 
producing top tier talent. Well, I know that the the Griffin brothers put a lot of uh, time and energy into that. Like I know Blake is very active with it. Uh, Josh, yeah, Gamlin, way more he, than you th- thought he would be. Former yeah. PC North Panther. Uh, he's one of the guys that kind of I think he's the head coach of the the actual top team or whatever. But I mean, they they take a lot of pride in that. It's not just an AAU program that they're trying to profit off of. And it would just give Oklahoma. And I want to say, guys. Go ahead. We've been <laughs> interrupting Josh uh, for like thirty. No, no, no. You're, you're fine. No, no. I, I just want. I mean, because obviously this is not my turf, so I don't want to. But uh, for those that do want to read, we, Eric Bossy has a full Q and A with Bryce uh, up on our up on the Crimson Corner right now, so you can read it. He caught up with him this weekend, just kind of talking about all that's going on with him, going into his visit with Oklahoma and all that good stuff. And the other thing it would do, uh, you know, Oklahoma talks about homegrown guys, Blake Griffin and Trey Young. Like it would, in, in you know, and then having Buddy Hield in the NBA right now, like that would add so much to Long Kruger's legacy to be able to, at Oklahoma to be able to say that he landed somebody like Bryce too. And they've been playing off that in a huge yeah. way this yeah. week on social media, bringing up homegrown stu- uh, Sooners. They come here, they stay here, they play incredibly well, and they make it at the next next level. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the MidFirst Bank Unofficial 40. Make sure you go check out midfirst.com slash U40. Eddie uh, had one more thing to Yeah, sorry. If, I, we should have talked about this at the very beginning, but if you have an opinion about the Rough Rider uniforms that OU is going to wear uh, this weekend against <laughs> West Virginia, contact Kerry Murdoch on Twitter. It was, at Kerry Murdoch. Okay, it's so funny. because It's not my Twitter, so feel free to get that out. Right. Uh, Kenneth Mann was tagged in it. Kerry at Kerry WWLS. Nope. No. Did you change it? Yes, a long time ago. But <laughs> Kenneth Mann was tagged oh in... God. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Kenneth Mann was tagged in the photo. So <laughs> Kenneth Mann tweeted last night, man, you guys really hate these uniforms. <laughs> That's what Kenneth said? Because he's getting awful. all the replies because he's tagged in the... Oh, yeah. oh in the OU. So he's getting... <laughs> you guys really hate these, don't you? They. I will say, I'm People not... People just want to change. I am not uniform czar guy. Yeah. But... I hate the Rough Rider. I think they are the it's worst. It's just been around too long. I if they want to wear a, a throwback, they got to wear the. Was it two thousand three North Texas? Two thousand three. Right. Those are the best. That's the best, cleanest OU uh, uniform out there. I mean, it's so unpopular. I liked the the two thousand nine ones that they wore when they got their asses kicked at Texas Tech. Oh, those weren't bad. Those weren't bad. They just played awful. That yeah, day. they played awful. Or I think people would just wish there's different combinations they talk about how they went all this effort to make this stuff like cool and unique and so it's the same too we know what you get at home we know what you get on the road all right all right well you're gonna get all you're gonna get the rough riders again this weekend um hopefully this will be the hopefully joe c here's loud and clear it's the last year you want to see him so either that or they wear him every game and you turn warren g into the band (laughs) Well, this is yeah. This is year two of this current. And they call them the regulators instead yeah. of the Rough Riders. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, now, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back after the West Virginia game for another Eskridge Lexus post game podcast. Remember midfirst.com slash u forty u four zero. Go check it out. Sign up for the OU Rewards card. They do a great job supporting our podcast. So please go and support them. So thanks to uh, thanks for uh, thanks. Uh, to Josh, to Eddie, to Bob. I'm Kerry Murdoch. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, We will see you guys back here next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40.